So we have been looking at the Four Noble Truths of the Buddha. Uh, and I will say again that I look at this as Buddhist psychology. And I use that expression um, just to reflect that's the way I personally relate to these teachings um, as profoundly useful study of the mind in the direction of what causes suffering and what brings liberation. So the Four Noble Truths are um, the foundation teaching of Buddhism. The first is um, that in life there is suffering. The second, there is a cause of the suffering. The third is there's a way out of the suffering. And the fourth is the path. So we're just starting now with the second one cause of suffering. And I want to start with the story um, some of you have heard me share before. I love this story, uh, but it's so useful for this teaching. I had to come back to it again. This is called The Samurai and the Monk. A big samurai warrior once went to see a monk. Monk, he said, in a voice accustomed to instant obedience, teach me about heaven and hell. The monk looked up at this mighty warrior and replied with utter disdain. Teach you about heaven and hell? I couldn't teach you anything. You're dirty. You smell. Your blade is rusty. You are a disgrace and an embarrassment to the samurai class. Get out of my sight. I can't stand you. The samurai was furious. It was intolerable, unthinkable that anyone should speak to him like this. He shook, turning red with rage. He pulled out his sword. He raised it above the monk. And just as he was about to bring it down upon the monk's head, the monk said softly, that's hell. The samurai was dumbfounded. He saw in that instant the hell world of his thoughts, of his own making. He then saw, too, the compassion of this monk who had offered his life to give this teaching to show him hell. He put down his sword, filled with gratitude and surrender. And that's heaven, said the monk. So just take a moment to pause right now. What do you know about heaven and hell of your own making? Like if you were to consider some moment that has some sort of hell quality in it for you, what might that moment be? And I invite you not to think of your worst Think of something that's on the mild spectrum, like at the level of mild irritation, and really bring to mind a situation that has this sense of um, irritation not wanted. And notice the unpleasantness of it. And once you have the situation, listen to whatever story you might usually tell yourself about the source of this unpleasantness, about why this situation is unpleasant. Like let yourself know the typical story. 
that would go with it. And then consider this story of the monk and the samurai. The samurai thought at first the problem was how the monk treated him. The monk was able to cut through that story, that false story, about hell being about how the other person was behaving. And what was revealed underneath was hell was actually about how the samurai related to how the other person was behaving. The samurai's expectations, desires for how he wanted the monk to treat him were the ultimate source of what was causing his hell in those moments. The monk was a trigger, but only a trigger, nothing more. The reactivity that was causing the pain resided within the samurai. So in your own situation, can you cut through any story you might be telling yourself that the irritation is due to someone else or something else outside of you? There are definitely things that are really challenging, very hard, painful. But what role does how we relate to that thing play in the suffering that we feel from it in our lives? Is there a story that's possible to cut through to reveal something else underneath? My guess is, if you're like most people, the story that's typically found, I know found by me over and over and over, is some version of wanting things to be different, wanting people to behave differently, um, or maybe even wanting myself to be different or myself to be um, behave different. And the key word in all of that is wanting. And this is basically the essence of the second noble truth. The most proximal cause of our suffering is this wanting or this craving for something other than what is right here. And the Pali word for it, and that's the, the um, ancient language of the Buddha, um, was tanha, and it means thirst, T-A-N-H-A. So when I was putting this together yesterday, um, I immediately had like this, this um, come to mind of a family I met um, back when I was a medical student many years ago and I haven't thought about them, I'm surprised to say, for a long, long time, but remarkable family. They were a powerful example of happiness that can be found by letting go of the craving for something other than what we have. Uh, and instead, working with wisdom and kindness with what is actually here. So in this family, there were two adult children um, who had both inherited a genetic disorder that made them dangerously susceptible to a certain kind of skin cancer. Uh, this 
kind of skin cancer typically is very easily treated. You, you just take a little incision, cut it out and it's gone and, and um, no big deal. For them, however, cutting it out was never enough. It continually came back fast, big and spreading. So the incisions had to get bigger and bigger and bigger. They both knew they would die early of this illness, um, of this cancer at some point. And by the time I met him, um, the um, brother uh, was hospitalized for his second hand am amputation. Um, the sister had already lost both hands um, and he was in, in, in there for his second hand amputation. Every time I went into his room, it was full of family. It was full of his wife, his kids, his sister, her sister's husband, his parent. There was always a lot of joy, a lot of happiness. That room was a um, profound haven in the hospital to be in when this man was losing his second hand. That kind of easy warmth and love that you could just feel when you walked into the room and the lack of drama in the room about him losing a second hand, that was solely from them learning to embrace that life they had and completely letting go of craving for something that they didn't have that wasn't there that wasn't um, a part of their possible conditions. I'm sure there was likely more underneath the surface than showed in the room, but even if there was, they were able to be with the situation in a way that really gave a haven um, for anyone in the hospital that walked into their space. My attending physician, he had cared for this family for years and he called taking care of them one of the greatest privileges of his life. So if you just think about it, what was it that allowed the happiness and the strength that was there? It was the lack of craving for things to be other than they were, craving for something that they couldn't have. Being able to let go of craving, acknowledge, not, not suppress craving, not try to bypass craving, but have a honest, authentic way of working with it that allows its true release. That's a radical reorientation to life. It also brings to mind um, a prayer I've shared a couple of times um, that I come back to a lot. It's called the welcoming prayer. Uh, this comes from the contemplative prayer, uh, centering prayer uh, tradition that Father Thomas Keating um, reignited interest in um, a number of years back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. 
I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and God's action within. That's kind of a lot to take in the possibility of that prayer. And what's important when we hear this is to know that what we're, when we're welcoming what is, it doesn't mean, it doesn't have anything to do with not wanting or needing change or growth. That's not what this is about. Actually, when we have this possibility to let go of craving for what is not already here in this moment, learn a very powerful acceptance of current moment conditions, totally free of craving for reality to be different. That's when we actually wake up our most effective possibility for change and growth. We like clear out all of the unwinnable fight that goes on within our system against what we can't change. And we instead offer all of that energy to working with wisdom and kindness for what can change, for what can move forward. But to get that kind of agency, to wake up to that kind of agency in our lives, we really have to start with understanding the myriad of ways craving is affecting our moment-to-moment conditions. That's why this is called a noble truth. It's not something that's um, meant to be, oh, that bad thing, and sweep it under the carpet and, and try to pretend it doesn't exist. It is a noble truth, meaning something we are meant to work with, to understand, to uh, untangle with a lot of care and, and compassion in our life. So we really have to be willing to look for all of the ways the second, the truth of the second noble truth is showing up in our lives. So next week, we're going to talk a lot more about the second noble truth. Um, um, And in particular, the difference between wholesome desire and unwholesome desire. None of the second noble truth is meant to negate desire as a useful part of our life. Uh, So we're learning to, to put the energy into a way that skillful desire can be powerfully important and unskillful desire can be released to free us. So for this week, I really encourage you to just be curious, just pay attention. What goes on with craving in your life and the formal practice? That's why I did the meditation particularly that way. It's really a helpful place kind of find out how insidious and um, sometimes almost universal 
a little subtle level of craving can be trying to direct the show um, moment by moment by moment by moment. So for this week, I really just invite a lot of curiosity. Can you find out as much as you can about where craving shows up in your life? Now let's just pause here and sit for a minute. Thank you.